0: book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Praise. Uh, He is actually working the background, so appreciate your praise. Thank you so much for that. And Zach, with you opening, being on the positive side, you get first five to 10 minutes. Whenever you're ready, your time is yours. Okay, I'll share my screen and um, I'll just get started. So thank you, everyone, uh, for tuning in. Thank you to Hunter for moderating. Big shout out to Praise for all the behind the scenes work. And obviously, love to see Dan here, that amazing beard, as we talk about the question of does the Christian God exist? Uh, so I'll go to my op- opening statement here. Uh, So what do I mean by the Christian God? I have a quote here from Matt Slick that kind of gives a very nice summary of what Christianity is when we're referring to the Christian God. He says, Christianity is religion based upon the teachings and miracles of Jesus. Jesus is the Christ. The word Christ means anointed one. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Jesus is the anointed one from God the Father who came to this world, fulfilled the Old Testament laws and prophecies, died on the cross. And rose from the dead physically. He performed many miracles, which were recorded in the Gospels by the eyewitnesses. He is divine in nature as well as human. He has two natures and is worthy of worship and prayer. Christianity teaches that there is only one God in all existence, that God made the universe, the earth, and created Adam and Eve. God created man in his image. So I'm going to give four cumulative arguments that are going to build up to the Christian God. The first one is that events that it wouldn't occur If metaphysical naturalism is true, occur. Therefore, metaphysical naturalism is false. Uh, Argument number two is the beginning of the universe points to a necessary being. Uh, Point number three, the design of the universe points to a designer. And point number four, the best explanation of the facts regarding Jesus are his resurrection from the dead. Therefore, the Christian God exists. So the first point I'm going to make is supernatural events happen. If supernatural events happen, naturalism is false. Supernatural events happen. Therefore, naturalism is false. And I'm talking in a metaphysical sense here. Uh, supernatural event is an event that would not take place within the laws of nature. So I'm going to give a couple of examples from a couple of journals and some books of things that seem to be supernatural events. I'm not going to read all of this because it's a lot here, but I encourage you, you can pause and kind of talk about what's going on here. So. Uh, the first comes from Contemporary Therapies in Medicine. It says a male infant at two weeks of age was hospitalized, vomiting, forcefully, did not improve his medical therapy. He was diagnosed with gastropariasis. And for 16 years, he was completely dependent on J-tube feeding. Uh, in November 2011, he received a proximal intercessory prayer. That's kind of a prayer where you'll lay hands on someone, as uh, we do in a Christian church. It says after this prayer experience, he was unexpectedly, unexpectedly able to tolerate oral feedings. Um, Seven years later, he'd been free of symptoms. In the literature here, it says that the the present case of a sudden lasting recovery from this severe refractory and lifelong gastroporiasis is unique in the literature. And in the end, there's insufficient evidence that the placebo effect can account for the observed resolution of symptoms. Another case comes from Uh, The book's Closer to Light and Transformed by Life. I believe it's Dr. Jeffrey Long who doesn't write this book. He's also done a lot of work regarding the science of near-death experiences. Uh, And what you can see here is someone who is profoundly comatose uh, and this, you can see the doctors who talk about, when I first saw her, her pupils were fixed and dilated, meaning that an irreversible brain damage most likely occurred. But only three days later, the girl surprisingly revived and made a full recovery. And the amazing part about the story is Katie began repeating incredible well specific facts regarding the emergency room, her and even physical descriptions of the two physicians. Uh, Morris, the doctor, confirmed that a child with Katie's symptoms should have had absence of any brain function and therefore should comprehend nothing. But... To the complete opposite, Katie recalled these recent details for an almost for almost an hour. Katie correctly reported very specific details concerning the clothing positions of each of her family members, identified a popular rock song that her sister listened to, observed her father, and then watched while her mother cooked dinner. Uh, She even identified the correct food: roast chicken and rice. So. I mean, if you want to argue that these events occur naturally, I think if these are just the one or two events that happen, I could see that. But I think uh, when you dive into the literature, there's things like this that happen all the time, which makes me believe that naturalism is false. Uh, second argument is the beginning of the universe points to a beginner. Uh, so This is kind of an adaption of a cosmological argument. Uh, six points here. Here's the first three. If something has a finite past, its existence has a cause. The universe has a finite past. Therefore, the universe has an existence of its cause and then here it says since space time originated within the universe and therefore similarly has a finite past, the cause of this universe's existence must transcend space time and must have existed spatially when there was no universe a if the cause of this universe's existence transcends space time no scientific explanation in terms of the physical laws can provide a casual account of the origin of the universe and if no scientific explanation can provide a casual account of the origin of the universe the cause must be personal uh, explanation is given in terms of a personal agent. This argument, if you want to look at it a little bit more, comes from the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, not something that you just Google and find from a random blog online. Uh, the third argument is the fine-tuning argument. Uh, the fine-tuning is in the university is due to either physical necessity, chance, or design. It is not due to physical necessity or chance. Therefore, it is due to design. You, I'm sure as part of modern-day debate, you've heard this argument a bunch of times. Uh, examples of fine-tuning. Here's just a couple broad ones. There's many different constants and many people a lot smarter than me uh, in astrophysics or related fields. will talk about these things. Uh, Dr. Luke Barnes is one that comes to mind uh, as I think about this. Uh, so here's a couple gravity. It interacts with how objects move. You have the electromagnetic force, which talks about how electrons interact in the strong nuclear force, uh, which talks about what atoms would exist. Uh, so I think that through these constants, we can see that our universe has some sort of Uh, fine-tuning. Most cosmologists would agree that these constants don't have to be the way they are, and if they varied by slight percentages, depending on the constant, we'd live in a very different universe. Well, we wouldn't even live, most likely. Uh, So supporting premise one, uh, these are the only potential explanations given the current data. Uh, If you want to propose something like a multiverse, we need evidence, not just a theory. Uh, Supporting premise two, uh, there's no good reason